This is the Business Storytelling Podcast with Christoph Trapp, available on Google, Spotify, Apple, Pandora, and other podcast channels. Want to play it on your iPhone? Just ask Siri to play the Christoph Trapp Business Storytelling Podcast, also available on Alexa. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Hey, business storytellers, it's Christoph Trapp, your host and author of Content Performance Culture. How's everyone doing? Episode 185. Super excited here to talk about meta descriptions, SEO, and related topics. And so here's what's interesting about meta descriptions. I have had articles where I didn't even write any, and they ranked. And then sometimes I write them. I'll be totally transparent with you guys because... Um, the SEO tool I use, it gives me a green light when I write them. I don't even know if they work or not, um, but I'm uh, motivated by succeeding. So anyway, today, uh, today's expert that I invited on the show, he does content marketing and SEO at Hrefs. So of course, um, if you want to check them out, ahrefs.com, uh, and we'll talk about them a little bit here as well in a little bit is Michal uh, Pekanik. How's it going today? Hey, Christoph. Thanks for having me. And now you are located in the Czech Republic, correct? Uh, yes, correct. In Brno. It's the second largest city in Czechia or Czech Republic. Fantastic. Always appreciate uh, all the experts from around the world. And I think we've hit every every continent, uh, maybe not Australia. I don't remember who, who was on here from Australia, but definitely Europe, Africa, Asia, and uh, North America. And um, I don't remember if we had any from South America. Anyway, I digress. So um, you actually did do um, a study when it comes to meta descriptions. So uh, first of all, let's talk about um, why, why are meta descriptions important? What's your general philosophy about that? And then maybe you can share what prompted the study and, and how did you, uh, what, what did you try to look at? That's like eight questions at once. Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, first of all, uh, I wouldn't say that meta descriptions are super important. Like I wouldn't say they are useless, but I wouldn't say they're important either. It's like something in between. For anyone wondering outside of SEO, meta description is an HTML tag uh, that's used to describe the page. And Google often picks that to uh, show it in the search results as the search snippet under the title tag. And uh, the thing why, why I said that it's neither important or useless is uh, that, first of all, it's not a ranking factor. It's, beco- it's been confirmed back even like before 2010, so it's more than 10 years and what we actually found out in the study and uh, what we did in Ahrefs uh, earlier this year was that Google actually generates its own search snippet 63% of the time. So even if you, uh, if you write meta description for all of your pages, on average, Google will rewrite 63% of them uh, for for different sets of search queries. Uh, yeah, go on. So, so really you can say that uh, most of the time, honestly, more often than not, Google picks a different 
meta description than what you initially wrote in, in your handcrafted meta description, so to speak. What, um, and when you say rewrite, are they just picking other pieces of, from the content or are they literally rewriting and they write, have a machine write a different meta description? Uh, so it's always going to be content that's on the page. They never generate something that's, that's not written on the page, but uh, it really depends on the search intent. Uh, let's say when you create a meta description, most of the time, you've, as, as I already explained, it's, it should describe the page further beyond the title tag. So most of the time, you describe the page around like the main keyword, the main topic of the page. But your pages can rank for hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of keywords. And if people look for the so-called uh, long-tail keywords, the search intent may be quite different from, uh, from the uh, fathead keywords, from, from the keywords that you wrote the meta description around. So it wouldn't be as if, if Google showed uh, your written meta description for these long tail keywords, it sometimes wouldn't be as relevant as if Google used something else on your page. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly an interesting topic, but um, so tell me, why did you, um, why did you do the study, right? So you have meta descriptions and I, I can totally see people listening and they're saying, well, well, we write them, we, we do them. It's, they're important to us. And I actually, you know, in the, uh, guys, we do have a blog post, uh, accompanying blog post with this topic over on authenticstorytelling.net forward slash meta hyphen descriptions. And I'm making the point that even if they don't matter at all, Mikhail, I, I still want to write them as a writer because they help me focus my content, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, because you have... Right. I mean, would you agree with that? They do that. You, you do it. You do that too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, for, uh, for our blog posts, uh, blog posts for all of our content on Ahrefs because we don't have so many pages. Our website is kind of small. I think we write meta description everywhere. Uh, first, uh, it's can be also used as the social tags. You know, you can, you can use the same, uh, you can use your meta description as actual social text, like the open graph text on Facebook and Twitter deck, uh, Twitter text on Twitter, uh, to, which will be shown on the social media. So you can kind of duplicate it. And even if you don't write those OG or Twitter text, uh, those social media bots can actually pick up the meta description and use it instead. So in a sense, it's kind of important or sometimes comes in handy. And yeah, um, maybe I forgot a question. <laughs> I forgot to answer it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so I still write them most of the time. Sometimes what I told people is that if I'm writing on my mobile app, which I do less and less, honestly, but I used to do it all the time when I was traveling, uh, you couldn't add it, right? So I wouldn't do it. And, and some of those posts still rang. So as you said, it's not necessarily... Um, that important, but how often, I mean, does Google always pick a good one? I mean, I can just see this example where I'm sitting with a client or my boss and I want to show off how we're ranking and Google picked a terrible, terrible meta description to show. Um, I mean, is that a problem that, that has happened or is that, am I just making that up? Uh, 
sure sometimes that definitely happens uh google's not flawless like there's even though they've met uh, they've made incredible progress in natural language processing throughout the years it still sometimes can take the, uh, the search snippet that's not as relevant or not as good as your written meta description but i don't think there's 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 nothing you can do with it so like yeah like why 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 care about this when there's nothing nothing you can do nothing you can further optimize this for like uh you can the, the only thing that you can do is when your meta description is actually bad and google picks other search snippet and you find this out by actually looking at uh, the main keywords that's that you want to target for that page like the topic and if for the main keywords if google picks uh its own description if it uses the generated snippet and not your written meta description you can assume that your meta description isn't good so you can you can actually rewrite it got it interesting so but at the end of the day so so tell me if this is a wrong interpretation of what you found here basically google i mean google has an interest right that they're serving the right results right i mean that's fair to say i would say yeah i think that's that's like their main objective besides making right. tons of money from that right and well and they do we know that for sure um but but at the end of the day what they're doing or what they're trying to do they're trying to serve better results right so when they rewrite my meta description they're not necessarily saying it's bad or it's wrong or anything but they're saying for that specific searcher this meta description is better in our opinion and then if that's true uh, more people potentially theoretically might click on the content and click over i mean that's that, is that a fair statement uh, yeah yeah i would totally agree with that uh, well said so really if your boss gives you a hard time because google picks the wrong meta description or whatever they don't like it tell them that's the reason so my question though is uh if meta descriptions are not that important and i get it i, I totally i'm i'm with you um why was it still important to do the study which guys oh, yeah. we will have the link we will have the link in the show notes in the blog post uh it's but i'll, I'll just tell you quickly here um ahrefs.com forward slash blog forward slash meta hyphen description hyphen study and of course the link is uh is everywhere where this is being posted and wherever you're listening uh, i think you should take a look the numbers are awesome it's very interesting to read uh, but tell me um if it's kind of like in, in the middle there why is it still important to share this and and do this data and and do the study okay so first of all here at hrefs we do kind of a lot of data and case studies uh in the so world because we have tons of data to do that so we we have unique data a lot of data and we can actually uh discover and come up with some uh interesting uh, interesting facts or interesting data from that so i was actually at that time i was actually thinking about writing uh an article about meta description because that's an article that's kind which meta description like the keyword has kind of a high search volume but it's mm -hmm. it's already kind of hard to rank for so if i out of nowhere wrote an article about just meta description like what it what is it how to write it 
how to prioritize creating meta description and so on. We would probably need to heavily promote that, get some links to it in order to, to rank it high. But I was thinking and came up with this instead because uh, when, when I was researching the topic, the meta description topic, the, the studies around it, I didn't really find anything like this on the internet. And I thought, okay, we have the data, so why not to do it? It's, it's, it can be really success in terms of like publicity, in terms of links. You know, I probably wouldn't be here right now speaking at your podcast if we didn't do the study. So it apparently works. And uh, yeah, so we, we can use, we can actually use this article as a middleman uh, to our actual meta description article and it can pass the link equity that it gets. You, you know, and I'm, I'm, you're absolutely correct. I would have never, ever invited you on the show <laughs> if you would have written an, an article on what's the meta description. Yeah. Plenty of those articles. But so what's interesting about this, so somebody tweeted, I don't remember who it was, it wasn't you, but then they said you did the one, you did the study. And um, and basically, I noticed this last year, and I was going to like look at my own numbers, right? And I'm like, okay, how many articles? But I wasn't going to go as deep as what you were doing. I'd like to hear about how you actually looked at I think you looked at 20,000 uh, content assets or something like that. But, um, but you're absolutely correct, because... Um, it is interesting, right? How important are meta descriptions? And people ask these questions all the time, even when, even when everybody says this is not even a ranking factor. People still, everybody wants to know everything. It's like I think it's a an old habit that's hard to break. And when I saw the study come through, I certainly thought it was interesting. Uh, meta descriptions. I did actually look that up, believe it or not, has like I think tens of thousands of searches a month. Uh, meta description and SEO has about 600. Um, so that's a little bit easier to ring for, but but absolutely correct. Um, really quickly on studies, and this was kind of a joke, but Aaron, I don't remember his last name now. I wish I would. But he wrote an article just to prove how studies rank in Google. And he said, study reveals sexiest man in Portland, Oregon. And then he wrote an article about himself. And basically... <laughs> You know, so when you search for sexiest man in Oregon, he shows up. Uh, so it is, and of course, you did a study; he just made it up. But, um, but, but there is value in like analyzing things, and and what you did, what I find fantastic about it is, um, I was just going to do it with like a handful of articles from from my side, right? But you actually looked at I, was it twenty thousand articles? You looked at twenty thousand. Um, oh, you looked at twenty thousand keywords, right? Explain yes, what yeah. you did. Uh, okay, so. Basically, before we begin with any study, we always discuss this with our incredible data scientists. If it's even like feasible to do it and like the samples that we would need, so, so it would be um, statistically significant. And so we, we, we always cooperate a lot with, with data scientists and our team on this. And we basically came up with the methodology for this to pick 20,000 uh, keywords uh, divide it into brackets uh, by their search volume. And 10,000 of those keywords would be long tail and 10,000 of those keywords were a fed hat. So we would have really diversified input uh, in order not to have the outcome skewed. So 
from this, from those 20,000 keywords, uh, we actually got something close to, basically we, 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 we got the serve, we got a search engine ranking page for each of those keywords. So it's 200,000 SERPs, uh, sorry, uh, it's 20,000, uh, 20,000 SERPs, but it's 200,000 search results because, um, uh, Usually you have you have ten search results on the first page of the SERP, right? So twenty thousand times ten is uh, two hundred thousand. But there are some uh, duplicate pages, and probably some search results show like wh where there are like ads involved or some other uh, SERP features. You can get like less uh, less search less classic search results and so on. So we ended up with something like. 190,000, 192,000 pages. And yeah, from this, we actually analyzed, we, we, we got all the, all the points that we wanted to investigate. And yeah, we, 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 we run it through with our data scientists and, and got the results. Very interesting. And you know, it's interesting too, when you look at the article here, and as I mentioned, the link will be in the show notes and on the art of the blog post on authenticstorytelling.net as well. Uh, you know, you have the hard-coded, not the hard-coded description for an iPhone 11 when you search for iPhone 11 Pro display. And let me read to you what it says. It says, iPhone 11 Pro Super Retina XDR display, 5.8-inch diagonal all-screen OLED multi-touch display, HDR display, 2436 by 1125 pixel resolution at 458 PPI. If you know what that means, good for you. I know what 5.8 inches is, but <laughs> but so my point is, I'm an I'm an Apple fanboy, quite frankly, and and we're recording this on an Apple while I'm looking at this article on an iPad. But but it's uh, you know Google doesn't always pick the best. Uh, actually, description well, either. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. But what you just read, I think, even though it's not the hard hard coded description. It's it's not the meta description that uh, that Apple has on their page about the iPhone 11 Pro. It's probably something like uh, I don't know. Let's 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 look this up. If I if I search for iPhone iPhone 11 Pro, uh, okay, I get a search result in Czech, which I don't want. I'm based in the Czech Republic, so I need <laughs> I need the English one. Maybe you can do it and read it in English if I if I get it wrong in the incognito. Yeah. So the so when I do so there's actually an ad right iPhone 11 Pro the the top thing is an ad from Apple and it reads uh -huh. uh, and of, and of course it's super markety a transformative triple camera system that adds capability without complexity blah 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 and of course that's not the meta description that's just the ad that they wrote but uh, that is kind of um, very markety gobbledygook quite frankly. When okay. I go down, yeah. when I go down, so then you have you have two more ads, and then the first organic results is actually from Apple, iPhone 11 Pro, and it says, iPhone 11 Pro lets you zoom from the telephoto all the way out to the new ultra wide camera for an impressive 4x optical zoom range. So that actually may, I mean, if I care about the camera, it, it's a little very specific to the camera, not mm -hmm. everything else, uh, but it's not terrible. Right. I mean, it does. Uh, I, I might click on that. OK. Yeah. So 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 this when you when you when you search iPhone 11 Pro and you see you see the title tag and you see the description that you just read. Uh, I think they, they just went for their biggest uh, unique select point in the iPhone, which is for them the camera, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
And I would say it's it's pretty relevant for the search query. And in you in your uh, in your example, what you read with the iPhone 11 Pro display with the search query, it was basically the specifics of the display. So I would say it it is much more relevant than if Google showed this description talking about the camera. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Very interesting for sure. Um, okay. So we have that, uh, the study is done. Um, how, um, should people still write them though? I mean, I mean, you, do you recommend people keep writing, um, meta description for their content, uh, um, whether they're competitive like I am or not? Uh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't spend much time on it. It's, it's just a description. It's, it's, it's just something on top of the title tag. So you always got to get the title tag and you can kind of expand on it in the meta description. But uh, if, if you're writing it, if, if you're writing it for a page that you're not intending to rank for in the organic search, then it's probably useless because you don't need to show it anywhere. Right. If it's like, uh, if it's, let's say a PPC landing page, that's never going to be, uh, in the organic search results, then it's kind of useless to write the meta description there. And to be honest, I would say it's, I, I, I wouldn't spend a lot of time on it anywhere on, on the web, uh, on, on your website. I would prioritize it by the pages that get the most organic traffic actually. So for those, it can make a difference. It can increase the click through rate. You, you, you would get, you would just export uh, a list of your pages on your website, which sorted by the organic traffic that they get. And you can prioritize like editing the meta description or creating the meta description based on that. So the more organic traffic potential there is, the more organic traffic a page gets, uh, the more important the meta description is or the title tag or anything else. So, um, I mean, I think we've all, in my book, Content Performance Culture, which is available at contentperformance.online, available mostly worldwide. But I do have a section in there uh, on um, accidental SEO success. Mm -hmm. what, I, what, I, what I talk about is um, there's companies out there, as long as they tell good stories, at some point they will rank, <laughs> you know, maybe not very strategically, yeah. but they will, they will rank. And how do you build on that? So are you basically saying once, whether it's accidental or on purpose, but if you have pages that are really starting to rank for certain things and they don't have a meta description, should people go back and update those? Is that what I heard you say basically? Uh, it really depends compared to the overall traffic on your website. Like for us, uh, we get probably like 2 million visits from organic, like estimating on, on our blog and on our website. So from, from the, like the 2 million visits each month, like I would say that we would, we should only really care about meta descriptions for pages that generate like 10,000 and more a month. But we always write a meta description anyway, because, because it doesn't, we don't have a large website, but let's say you have, you have an e-commerce store or you have like some directory and it can have hundreds of thousands, millions of URLs. So for that, uh, you would usually like generate a meta description actually, 
uh, your um, your developers would um, would integrate it with some with some variables, and there you go. So it would be automatically uh, automatically generated. And for smaller websites, I mean, it's it's nice to have, but there are there are more important SEO tasks you should probably care about than meta description because what I think we haven't mentioned yet, uh, what we found out in a study is that quarter of all pages, 25% of all top ranking pages in Google don't actually have the meta description. So you can easily rank at the top on the first place or anywhere in the uh, on the first search engine ranking page and not have meta description. So it's not an issue. Google can generate it from the content. Yeah, and so basically 25 don't have any hard-coded meta description and then 63% of the time, Google rewrites it anyway. So there's yeah. not a lot left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so when you mentioned the, the other, uh, other strategies, other SEO strategies that people should prioritize, what, like, what are the top three things people should prioritize over writing meta descriptions? I mean, I'm always a big fan of keyword yeah. research, right? Even uh-huh. Before we started here, I looked at what are people searching for, and you mentioned the numbers as well. Uh, so what are like the top three things you think people should focus on uh, and not worry about meta descriptions? Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So first of all, I would say it's like the basic technical SEO status of your website or like SEO health of your website. Uh, I'm not talking about like making sure that your uh, HF flanks tags are in place and this like more complicated stuff. Uh, I'm talking about the basic stuff like, how your website is scrollable if the search engine bots can really access the content that you want to rank for, and if it's indexable, if you're not uh, if you're not using like the uh, no index meta robots tag on those pages and so on, and if you're not like disallowing those robots in robots.txt file and this kind of basics, because if you don't get this right, you can't rank with the content even if it's the best one and it has tons of links, right? So that's the basic. And second, I would fit. I would say I would generalize this into satisfying search intent. So anytime you write any content, just look up the topic in Google or in Ahrefs Keyword Explorer uh, using the main keyword or just the topic and go through the top, uh, top ranking pages and just see what they actually write about, like what, what those posts consist of like the subtopics, uh, what the angle is there, how it's written, like the tone, if they use videos, a lot of pictures and so on. And from looking at this, uh, you can actually estimate what people looking for that topic actually want to see. So you can kind of, I don't want to say like duplicate this, you should always add some additional value on top of the existing search results. But you can kind of, you can tell like what people want to see based on what Google ranks there. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. So of course, focus on them. And if you want to check out that, the keyword explorer, ahrefs.com forward slash keywords hyphen explore. Uh, so um, ahrefs, tell, tell us about it. It's, I mean, data-driven marketing tool set powered by a huge index of backlinks, keywords, and content, uh, but what does that mean? Like how how do people work with you? 
what does the company do? Yeah, so Ahrefs is an all-in-one SEO toolset uh, for anyone from marketing professionals, SEO professionals, to even like website owners who don't have much experience in marketing yet. We have a lot of free educational materials, a lot of videos uh, on our YouTube channel, a lot of stuff on our blog. Uh, all the hints are in the tool set. Uh, you basically don't really need to know a lot about SEO or anything at all. And if you follow like our tutorials, uh, our hints in the tool, then you should be really able to drive more organic traffic to your website. So uh, it consists of tools like Site Explorer, where you can see uh, what your website uh, on your pages rank for in Google, the keywords, who links to it, you can do this for your competitors as well. See like content gaps to get like new uh, new content ideas. Then you have the Keywords Explorer, which is made for keyword research to, to tell you to prioritize your content creation, to know uh, your chances of, of ranking for some keywords and how difficult it would be uh, getting new ideas and so on. Then you have tools like uh, Site Audit, which, as I mentioned, like the top priority, it, it will tell you uh, the, your technical SEO issues and it will actually guide you how to, uh, how to fix it. And there are probably like 10 other tools in our tools. So it's like everything you need to, to rank well in Google or other search engines. Yep. Uh, and of course, that's what many of us want. But so, uh, I mean, Google is doing more and more things that allow people not to have to click, right? I mean, I yep. think we saw it last year. Uh, organic searches didn't go down, but the organic click-throughs went down. Uh, what's your theory on that? How do how do brands uh, recover, I guess, or how do brands make use of the new, the new rules? Mm, it's always... Mm... This is coming like from, from the fact that Google is understanding the content and anything on the web better and better with, with all the new algorithms, like you had the bird recently, and like the natural language processing abilities. It really understands the content and anything on the web much better. So it can actually, it, it has more certainty that it actually answers or satisfies the search intent really well. And from that, it can actually use new SERP features like the feature snippets or knowledge panels and these other, other SERP features that are not the original blind blue links. So there's nothing really mm, sure for some, for some search queries, you get less clicks or way less clicks than before but those those search queries are usually pretty informational uh in the search intent so they wouldn't be very valuable for you anyway unless you're a website that monetizes uh search traffic or traffic in general so in term in terms of business like you may get less and less uh clicks on your content but the clicks that you lose are not usually very, very valuable because those are uh, those are staying in the SERP for search queries like um, I don't know Harrison Ford age and so on. Like like these uh, Google can answer these search queries in in the SERP. Like if I 
if I do Harrison Ford's age. It's at 78 years that he was born July 13, 1942. And if you had had, uh, a page stating this information and you were getting traffic for this before, then it's like, yeah, as I said, unless unless your your goal is to monetize the traffic, the the quantity of traffic, it's not like it doesn't have any any transactional intent. So it's a double-edged sword, but I don't think you should you should you should you should always go uh, go with the flow, uh, getting actually taking advantage of it. But I don't think it really hurts that many websites or businesses. Got it. Going with the flow. That is certainly good advice uh, that I would recommend anybody to follow. I certainly try to do it and, and things change all the time anyway. So uh, the second we, we, we got to figure out who knows what's going to change. Uh, Michal Pekinik, um, where, where else can people connect with you? If you, if you like to share Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, any other sites? Uh, yeah, sure. So so it's it's just my first name and surname on both Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, so I guess it will be in the in the episode title. Maybe you can you can include uh, include right. links to my profiles because uh, my name is Czech and it's kind of difficult to pronounce and uh, too long to spell. So I'm not even gonna try. So yeah, that's it. You got it. We'll put that in the show notes and really quickly, it's just M-I-C-H-A-L-P-E-C-A-N-E-K. And I, as, um, as I, we actually did a show on podcast advertising the other day, that's already on YouTube and authentic storytelling.net. And we were joking that whether it's a name or like, I, I would say, you know, this was recorded with switcher studios, which not, we're not using them today. Um, if you want to use switcher, use the code trap for 10% off and you can use that code, but, um, good luck trying to remember how to spell my last name, right? With an E without an E, uh, it is T R A P P E, but absolutely correct. Hey, I really appreciate you sharing your insights, uh, on the topic, uh, and uh, really appreciate you putting together that study, uh, much more comprehensive than what I would have been able to do quite frankly. Uh, and always, uh, always good to hear. Uh, new voices and different insights from the industry. Uh, I enjoyed our chat, Christoph. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time. Move your content from happening to performing. That's what everybody wants nowadays in content and content marketing and marketing and all those related fields. Check out my new book, Content Performance Culture, the number one new release in the public relations category on Amazon.com when it came out. I hope you take a look. It's available as paperback and Kindle worldwide.